when you're interviewing a celebrity, you know, they want to feel connected to you. And so I do try and put myself in their shoes at times. And you know, there's questions I would love to know. My question to Beyonce, for argument's sake, was, of course, it was all about her perfume and what she was selling. But it was like, Beyonce, what do you do when you have sweated and grinded on stage? And, you know, you're, you're just giving your whole all. Do you not come off stage and want a burger and get into your sweats? And she's like, oh, yeah, girl, I so do. You've gotten great at divine working, but what about divine living? Welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I'm your host, Gina DeVee. You're not alone in wanting more. And here at the Divine Living Podcast, you can expect to be part of conversations from women like us who unapologetically dream big and are obsessed with manifesting our most fabulous lives. The conversation starts now. The Divine Living Podcast I have for you today is going to be such a level of epicness. I am so excited and delighted for you to meet one of my dearest, closest besties, who also is just someone I am completely enamored with. She's the most fun human being. Not only is she a TV presenter and a cover girl, she's been on the cover of so many magazines. She's walked the red carpets, the black carpets. She's a spokeswoman. She's, I should say, an award-winning TV presenter, a producer, a writer. Lisa Cannon, welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. Can we just take your breath and laugh? That's the best intro anyone has ever given me. So much sparkle, so much joy. I was looking, I was just looking at you going, oh, this is hilarious. I hate being interviewed. I, I can't even get over this. I can't even get over this. You like, first of all, everyone listening, I just need you to know, like, this is like who I try to get on the phone with because she will always lift your spirits and you're going to learn so much from her today. But <laughs> I'm even learning this is hysterical because one of the things I was going to ask you, Lisa, so you know someone's a good friend when you yes. actually don't talk about work. Like I have so many amazing work questions to ask you today because I've never asked you because we actually talk about real life, real girlfriend, you know, ups and downs and all around. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to go a little career first with you, Lisa, if that's all right. Okay. Well, listen, firstly, I just want to say thank you. I know I was roaring laughing, but it's genuinely, I'm actually slightly, you know, just <laughs> exalted and exuberated by the fact that you're actually interviewing me because we know each other for such a long time that this is mm -hmm. actually slightly weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's not weird. But it's it's great so weird. Me. It's like past due. <laughs> uh, but it's so great weird. And it's funny. And I'm just so thrilled. And I'm so proud of you because all that you do and your podcast and all what you give to women and men, I think you're a total inspiration. So for me to be on the receiving end of something that's a little bit more formal. Normally we have a glass of wine in our hands or uh -huh. I have no makeup we'll on and we're, we're laughing. One time you caught me when I was pretty much totally naked and then I had to get into <laughs> Because I made you get on FaceTime with me and it was exactly. a The fact that I've actually got my hair quaffed, I have a bit of lipstick on, you know, this is great, isn't it? This yes, is the first yes, time yes, yes. So for those of you listening, if you want to see what Lisa looks like, you can jump on over to YouTube and check out our interview that's there. Okay. So okay. Here are my career questions for you, Lisa. Like, I have sat there and watched you for years interview like AAA list celebrities, walk the red carpets. You're at the Golden Globes, you're at the Oscars, you're in London, you're in LA, you're in Dublin, like all over the place. And you have so much confidence 
with these humans that other people would dim their light. And there's Lisa with her microphone, just like walking up, like they're your best friends. It's like, so my first question for you, which was why the other piece was so funny is like, how do you have that much confidence with these people who are on screen and like the, the biggest names on the planet? Well, I think that's a brilliant question because it doesn't feel like confidence. To me, it just feels like, you know, well, you have to have one thing, which is a little bit of no shame. I think you just have to get over yourself and that feeling of embarrassment or, you know, being irreverent. You, you just have to be irreverent. You, you can't be closed in or you can't be worried about what you're going to say to them. And obviously there's a brief when it comes to celebrities. You know, you can't just throw it all out there and, and get stuck into their private life immediately. But I think that lovely element of disarming people is very true to what a lot of Irish people have. You know, we're very friendly. We're very colloquial. Um, we love people and I adore people. So I think that element of just, you know, getting over yourself and having a little bit of, as I said, no shame and having a bit of fun with it and realizing that they're just ordinary people well, with extraordinary jobs. So you, you have to just be you and, and go for it. And if they like you, they like you. And if they don't, they don't. And it's very true to your own life situation. It's just, it's more heightened. You know, it is weird, of course, when you're sitting down and you're knee to knee to Jennifer Aniston or you're gazing into Brad Pitt's eyes or there's Angelina or there's Dustin Hoffman or Al Pacino. I mean, there's been so all many that work, are done. All in days work. That's a bad way to phrase it. There's so many celebrities that I've done, but you know what I mean? It's just, it, they are, they're out there promoting books and podcasts and movies and records. And, you know, it's all part of the business, but it's good fun. It's good fun. But yeah, I, I think I've just, I think I've just, my nerves have settled on it now. I'm 20 years doing it now. So I don't be sure. <laughs> Well, it's it's so delightful for me to watch you because I think that so many women dim their light around another big star. And I think that, you know, we talk about in the queen community here, like that we get to be a star among stars and a queen among queens. And I think though it's something, and I, I know I see it in myself, I see it in my clients, like I gotta really work at it sometimes when there's a big personality coming into the room and I have just watched you for years, just not dim your light at all. And you do actually look like you're having fun. So I'm glad to hear that that's what's actually happening. Yeah, I do. I think, I think, yeah, like it's a, it's a strange situation to meet someone that you see in your home every single day on movies, who's got these huge pay packets, who's, you know, marriages have split up and kids. And, you know, you're, I was looking at Jennifer Lopez this morning and I, like everyone else, even though I've interviewed her and, you know, You've interviewed JLo? How yeah, do you yeah. not know this? What? My spirit animal? You have like, tell me everything. We're total. What was the interview like? What did you guys talk about? When was it? Oh my God. It was usually just fashion. <laughs> like it was the same with Beyonce. It was her perfume line. <laughs> so, you know, that one was a bit more interesting, actually. The Beyonce one was a little bit more interesting because, uh, well, my father That's was a great, there's a great story behind the Beyonce one. So I can okay, definitely let's hear it. But they're, they are, you know, I suppose these people, they're very strange that they're, opposite you and talking to you and you know exactly how they look and you're obsessed by them maybe some of them maybe some of them you you follow um so the same I was on my phone this morning looking at Jennifer Lopez going, oh is she back with back with Ben is Benifer back on you know I, I get as intrigued as anyone else but I think yeah it's definitely different when they're in front of you and you get into a work mode I think as well you get into a okay we need to be serious here we need to get the interview and get what we need from it and um yeah 
you you're there to promote them and they're there to come on your show or your platform. So there's definitely a bit of a give and take thing. You know it already. If I saw a celebrity in a restaurant, would I walk up to them? Absolutely not. I wouldn't go near them. <laughs> so it's different, you know, it's different. Yeah. If you're invited to interview them, absolutely. Would I go and bother them in a theme park or yeah, on a bar? No. Unless I've got a few. Was there any celebrity that did intimidate you where you were like, oh gosh, I got to get it together for this one? Well, the, the Beyonce one is interesting because obviously it's Beyonce. And I think ultimately I was totally, uh, talk about disarmed. I was totally unarmed for the interview. So what had happened was I was over in New York with my father. My mother sadly had passed away. So dad and I did a kind of a dad daughter holiday and we went mm. to New York and we, we had a beautiful time. You know, we went, did all the sites, the Met, we were zipping around shopping. And I got a call from my producer because I'd been on an entertainment show for 10 years called Expose, which would be Ireland's answer to E! News. So big shiny floor show. There's a gang of us. We would have done all the reporting. And that's how I suppose the volume was so big because you're doing five days a week. You know, you're at a red carpet in London or you're over in L.A. doing something. One of the other girls is doing a junket with Bradley Cooper. And then you swap and you're over interviewing. Whatever. So literally five days a week, you're on the go, on the go. So I was exhausted. I'd had a very personal um, trying tragedy. But my dad and myself decided we'd go have a really nice time. So there I am relaxing. And then I get a phone call from my producer and she's like, any chance you could go to Macy's later today? And I mean, obviously, when you see your producer ringing, you're like, I mean, she does. I'm in New York. There must be something really wrong. So then she told me that Beyonce was launching her perfume. Could I go? My father was a, an amateur photographer. So he oh, brought his kit with him. MG. So all the press kits, I hadn't prepared a thing. So I was like to run around the whole of New York, try to get my hair done, you know, out the whole nine yards. And um, and then we got in to see her and she was, yeah, it was very intimidating. She had, of course, her bodyguards are huge. And getting my father in there, that was so funny. I mean, he was showing up all the PR women and he was really like, you know, my dad, you know, he was like, so what does Beyonce do in her spare time? And I was like, you can't. can't. You know, she's Beyonce. You just, you know, you know, don't do that. So I had my dad as my plus one and we finally got in, you get it through a velvet curtain and you're in at the back. And, uh, you know, this was, I pretty much got mo more time with her than anyone else did because they told me at about eight, nine minutes, I ended up getting about 25 minutes with her. Oh, um, because, a long time. Yeah. We about 20, 20. Yeah. About that. We, we just clicked because I, first of all, disarmed her by saying, hi, hi, I was like, I have my dad with me. <laughs> I was like, I'm really sorry. Like it was, it was kind of, you know, like if you're going somewhere and you're like, listen, my mom is tagging along. There was a bit of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to her. And she was like, oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. She goes, my dad embarrasses me as well. And I was like, well, there we go. Wait, we were like on even footing. We were on even footing. And my dad is not in any way, shape, or my dad is, you know, the love of my life. He's not in any way embarrassing. It was just more like, you don't bring your dad to work. You don't. <laughs> dad to work and you know I suppose he was sitting in, like he wouldn't have known any of the protocols like you know that you'd kind of you know she comes in you know you don't go out and reach out shake her hand or you know especially with the celebrity they're they're kind of enveloped in this big kind of um force field of PR and managers and publicists and you know some some celebrities won't even let you look at them you know if you're working so with is them. that really a thing I mean you know coming from LA I've heard that that like some of them have these contracts that you're not allowed to look them in the eye is that really real yeah 
I've had a certain celebrity who I know many people would know. She only likes to be filmed from, I think it's the left-hand side of her face. Oh, so stop it. We interviewed her from the right or it could have been the opposite, whatever. And then we were told, would they mind if the publicist took the tape to check that they were happy with the side of their face? So who was one of your interviews where you were like, just this is fun. This is awesome. Like, give us one of your favorite ones. There's so many. There is genuinely so many. Like, I've I've, I've funny ones. Like, I can tell you, like, a really funny one where I... There's loads of funny ones. Um, like I, because obviously everyone has to understand that I was doing a daily job. And then also, then I also have my own movie show, which I graduated on to have my own movie show, Box Office on Virgin Media Television. So I've kind of just been interviewing film stars for a very long time and then previous to Expose as well. So I remember going to the Golden Globes and uh, God, it's, it's a good while ago now. It was when Sandra Bullock won for The Blind Side. So whoever oh, was yeah, uh-huh. that year, she was actually wearing a dress, this color, this kind of beautiful, uh, deep, deep kind of crimson purple. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the designer. I think it was Bottega Veneta or something like that. So there I am. I'd been asked the usual, you know, but like my my producer's getting a bad rap, but she's like the night, she's so wonderful, Debbie. But but she kind of said to me, oh, you're over in America to cover the Oscars. Can you stay on for the Globes or something like that? Or right? As one does. I think you stay on. And I said, sure. I said, I'll do that. No problem. Absolutely. Of course. I said, but I don't have a dress. So I had to go and borrow a dress of a really lovely Irish presenter, TV presenter who's living in Los Angeles. And it was a beautiful <laughs> green dress. And I was there on my own. So I got this one ticket to go to the Golden Globes. And uh, I walked in and obviously I looked okay. You know, I didn't look, you know, I didn't, I obviously looked good enough that the security, when they looked at my ticket, either they didn't look at it properly or whatever happened. But I started walking up this carpet and maybe, maybe there was only the one carpet. I don't know. But I ended up walking up and I saw these like people, paparazzi everywhere. And I thought, like I'm a guest. I'm like I'm certainly not meant to be. Is this is this the main? Was this the actual carpet? <laughs> so I I for some reason fudged it and got on the main carpet. So there was that moment of I started walking. Remember, I'm on my own, so I'm a bit dazed and confused anyway. And I'm in someone else's dress, borrowed that wasn't themed properly, and because uh, like we didn't have time. Do you know? I got this. I got mm-hmm. it maybe all the day before. So I'm walking up and I'm kind of looking around and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm actually on the real one. Oh, my God. What, what, like, how do I get? And you know, when you're kind of trying to backtrack, like, oh, geez, I really shouldn't be here. So I started to move backwards, but they were like, you have to keep moving, ma'am, you have to keep moving. So I kept moving. And then I wasn't looking where I was going and I put my foot down and there was this beautiful purple dress that just oh. huge, long, like stretch. And it was Sandra Bullock. <laughs> No, I, I could, and I could just see her handler turn around and go looking at my foot, and I, I had my foot on her dress, and she just whipped around and she looked at me, and it was like, oh my god, that second moment where it was going to literally rip. So, took my foot. It was a cartoon moment. Took my foot. I was like, oh my god, I'm really sorry. Oh my god, and I just got. They gave me like the filthiest look. So I was like, oh my god, I nearly ripped your dress. I nearly ripped your dress, and then. Obviously went in, had a great night. I did loads of things. I danced the funky chicken with the Quentin Tarantino. I saw Harvey Weinstein. I didn't talk to him, but I had interviewed him before. Thank God. Um, and, you know, just had a great time. Met loads of celebrities, Dan Kruger and Taylor Lautner and took loads of pictures and it was brilliant. 
And uh, and then I interviewed Sandra Bullock maybe about two years after that. And I was able to apologize to her. I said, by the way, I, I nearly ripped your dress. And she was like, oh my God, it was you? She was like, she was like I was going to sue you. I was actually going to sue you. Because like, I was like, did I rip it? Did I rip it? And she was like, mm, it was a little rip. She was like, but don't worry, you're fine. And she was like, good job. I won the Golden Globe that night for the blind side. So she was lovely. So she gave me a huge hug afterwards. And she was like, "That you're so cute. Because I told her the story. I was like, uh-huh. I wasn't it. She was like, I don't know how you got on it. Because there's no way. She goes, I can't even get my own mother on it. So it was funny. It was very funny. Yeah. Oh, only Lisa. Lisa does Hollywood and ends up on the red carpet. Yeah, story of your life. Story of your life. So um, you've, you've alluded to it a little bit, but I would love to hear, how do you prepare for these interviews? Because I know that a lot of our listeners are not necessarily walking red carpets or interviewing A-list celebrities, but we do in this line of work, a lot of interviews on podcasts and panels and summits and that kind of thing. And so how do you prepare for your interviews? I'm, uh, do you know what? I'm the same as everyone else. I Google a lot. I look at all the platforms that they're on. I probably have an extensive knowledge anyway of film. I have a master's in film. I did my BA in Trinity College, which people might know. It's a beautiful college here in Dublin. So I think I have already a good plethora of knowledge of film. So it's kind of you know, building on that and what I need to know. And I suppose because my job also encapsulates music, which I adore. Mm-hmm. So I would know I'd love all like uh, 60s music. I love The Who. I love The Clash. I love um, everything. I love 70s, of course, that's The Clash. But I love The Beatles, The Rolling Stones, you know, like Bob Dylan. So I suppose I draw a lot of popular culture as well into the interviews, which is really, really key as well for me that I um, feel that I'm well read and that the person interviewing me or me interviewing them, excuse me, doesn't feel like they're in front of someone who has a clue. And I think that must be very difficult for people of that level especially when you've got Steven Spielberg in front of you or Martin Scorsese or Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, you you can't come off as a total plonker. Like you really need to have your material meticulously noted so that you can reference back to other things in question. So I'm a nerd. I'm just a flat out nerd. (laughs) I love reading and I love researching and I love learning and I love growing all my movie knowledge and extensive popular culture knowledge. So yeah. Oh, it, you know, it really, really shows. I know that like the interviews that I did when my book came out and people would have me on um, different platforms or whatever, and you could really, like the interview was entirely different if someone had actually read the book, if somebody was actually into it. And then there are, you know, the, the, the people that you could tell that just weren't prepared and they're like, so tell me about your life, you know, and it's just oh, like, yeah. it's so like empty. So it's, it's beautiful to hear the substance and the richness that you bring to these interviews. But I think as well, I think, Gina, I like, because obviously you're interviewing me. So this is a real different <laughs> status quo. And I'm probably blabbing way too much because I don't really know how to give short sound bites anymore. I think I'm just <laughs> a bit rusty. I'm happier for them to give me the sound bites. But I, I mean, obviously, because I know you as well. So I'm total open book and I'm happy to talk about anything and anything you want me to discuss. But I think it is difficult as well that people understand that, you know, when you're interviewing a celebrity, you know, they they want to feel connected to you. And so I do try and put myself in their shoes at times. And you know, there's questions I would love to know. My, my question to Beyonce, for argument's sake, was, of course, was all about her perfume and what she was selling. But it was like, Beyonce, what do you do when you have sweated and grinded on stage? 
and you know you're you're just giving your whole all do you not come off stage and want a burger and get into your sweats and she's like oh yeah girl I so do so it's that kind of thing that you know what does Beyonce do when she walks off stage I mean obviously she high fives everyone when she comes off she's amazing she's a performer but she's mm-hmm. also a woman mm-hmm. she also take all that makeup off She's to, you know, put her creams on, get herself lathered and preened and get into her pajamas and watch a movie. So, you know, there's all that side of it. You know, what is it that invites you in? What's that disarming quality that you have to get to in order to bring the celebrity in? Because I do know in my small, I suppose, years and years of of being on front of the camera, what preparation it takes to to then have a segment ready you know I mean obviously I filmed my show Spotlight which I know we'll talk about later on but Mm -hmm. I mean the man hours that went into preparing each episode and the scripting and obviously I had to get my fake eyelashes on I had to dye my roots I had to get my nails done there's so much that goes into just those three four minutes and that's no different to all the other celebrities you see walking the red carpet I mean I know people might say when they hear or read that celebrities say it's awful hard work you know people are like hard work come and live my life but there is a side to it that is extremely hard work. And I think you can put yourself in that position and say, well, you know, you know, you know, some of it. So it's like, right, well, you know, how long did it take you to get ready? And, you know, tell me about how hard those hours were when you worked. And, you know, there's there's an element that I understand, not to their level, because they're mm-hmm. completely noble, uh, icons and superstars, most of them. But they're ordinary people. You know, they are cooking their dinner. They're hungry at 12 o'clock at night and they want to go down and make a sandwich. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. do they have personal chefs running around all day, every day? No, maybe for a few hours. But, you know, they're their own people. They still have to brush their own teeth. I would imagine, mm-hmm. you know, so there, there's all those human nature elements that they would they would have that you can touch on, you know. And- I love that. Yeah, you keep using this word disarming. And I think that I'd like to go into that a little bit more. You're, you're, you're touching on it here. But what have you found are the ways to get to the heart of a person? And it, it seems like you're such a master at keeping it real and getting to like the real person behind the celebrity and the behind the movie or behind the perfume. So what are some tips or tricks or just like kind of go-tos that you could support our listeners with to really get to the heart of someone? I read something many, many moons ago about somebody saying that if you're interviewing somebody or you're going on stage to perform, just imagine everybody naked. And then you intimidated. Yeah, yeah. Just imagine every single person in that auditorium or in that field, whether you're public speaking or you've got to do a presentation. Imagine everybody's naked. You're not, you're not actually going to be, you know, oh God, they're very intimidating. You just mean, you know, you just strip away all the clothes and just imagine they're naked. That that's what somebody told me once. And I've done that a few times um, with maybe bigger stars where I've just, uh-huh. that I've admired them. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, you know, the Mick Jaggers of this world that I would have been extremely nervous about. I would have had about 50 questions to ask him because, you know, I mean, it's Mick Jagger. He's lived mm-hmm. about a thousand lives or Keith Richards, you know, who's, who's lived double the a thousand lives. I'm still here. You know, you just have to take it all away. And I don't mean that visually that you you, you do, but you just have to realize they are also human beings. And it's, mm-hmm. it's that disarmament um, that you also have to give yourself. Say more about that. Yeah. So I think you you just have to realize that you have your own merit, your own strengths. You know, I tap mm-hmm. into my own personal knowledge and my know-how and you know, I'm an educated woman. So mm-hmm. if, if you're in a doubt or in a tricky spot, 
and you know a celebrity isn't nice to you or they are lovely or there's something that comes up that you don't know you you've got to navigate that situation mm-hmm. smart about it and, and find a way out you know yeah. and I think it helps to be funny it helps to be witty you know dig deep into your own psyche and, and your own worth and how mm-hmm. you know you have a right to be there interviewing them or a right to be there you know I know you do a lot of work with women in business you know mm-hmm. you have that right to be there you're you earned it good good I love it and like what's one of the questions you might ask that like get someone to like really be human with you like is it like stuff about their family or their kids or is there something that you've noticed that you can ask where you're like oh this melts them every time yeah like family is a good one but I suppose with celebrities particularly they don't like to always talk about their family. But I mean, in that Beyonce moment that I referenced before, I mean, she couldn't miss him. My dad was over there <laughs> waving. And and I think, you know, what is so lovely about that moment, just to, just to finish on that story, why it's so important to me was that after the interview, because obviously she really liked me. And I think what I also do, I have a nickname called The Claw, which is a terrible nickname, right? Now, I didn't give this to myself. I was given it. But usually when I talk to people, I, especially people I'm I'm talking to and reassuring them that I'm there, I would put my hand on their arm, you know. So if Beyonce was sitting mm-hmm. next to me here for argument's mm-hmm. sake, you know, I would just touch her hand, you know. Now, not everybody, you know, you don't go around touching people just to, you know, reassure them. But it's, it's kind of, it comes naturally. If you're talking to someone and you're having a really good time, you just touch mm-hmm. their leg or touch their arm. Mm-hmm. And they like that. There is a comfort in that, that you're there with them. I mean, I don't want to get any dirt or nonsense on them. I'm there to be their friend, to discuss whatever they want to discuss and, and also possibly promote their product. But most moreover, it's about getting a really warm interview, mm-hmm. warm, you know, rapport and and, and uh, feeling with someone. And, and And like we all know, people are all energy. And energy is there between someone and it doesn't matter whether it's Beyonce or my my mother's best friend, you know, some people have different energies. And I know that that was a lovely one because we stayed and talked for so long. I got a lovely email afterwards saying that she thought it was one of the best interviews she'd had in ages. Oh my goodness, Lisa. Yes, that was lovely. And then so much so that this is unheard of. So this is the end part of the story, why it was so memorable, was that, of course, my dad's waiting in the wings, chatting up her PR person. We're both kind of a bit like, this is hilarious, like giggling. And I said, oh, God, my dad's so embarrassing. And she was like, oh, my God, my dad was so embarrassing as well. And then I said, listen, Beyonce, do you mind if my dad took a photograph of the two of us? So she's like, no, it's absolutely fine. So my dad being my dad, you know, Beyonce might as well have been my best friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, Beyonce, can I take a few pictures of you on your own? Which would, wouldn't happen in a junket setup. So she said, sure, what's your name? And he said, it's Michael Cannon. And she said, oh, Sure. So she stood there and she took, she did all these beautiful poses, you know, up, down, up, down. And my dad's like, oh, like brilliant, like amateur photographer, okay? Like, oh, hold there, hold there, Beyonce, just one sec. And she's like global superstar. So she, okay. <laughs> we kept her probably longer than she should have. And then finally the public committee was like, she was like, that, that's enough. And then I jumped in for one or two with her, which my father took. But like, it just goes to show her kindness, mm. her compassion to the situation because she could have been quite like, no, 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 sorry, no. Right. She wasn't like that at all. She was like, sure. And she could obviously see my dad was an amateur photographer, you know, uh-huh. not, you know, and he's How there doing his best, you know, turning the dial to get, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, and she was really compassionate. And as I said, uh, but also just gave up her time 
Mm. And um, for that, I'll always be kind of in awe of her. I really think like she didn't have to do that. She didn't mm-hmm. know me. And so things like that where you... the claw works. Well, yeah, the claw works. <laughs> oh, there. Well, when you get to kind of just get under the skin of someone and, and, and pull away that mask of, you know, global icon, you know, because mm-hmm. as I said to you, you know, women are women, mm-hmm. men are men. People love to be. I suppose people just love to have an energy where they feel understood. They feel Mm -hmm. that you're not in there to attack and that you're just there to enjoy it as much as they are. Mm. And then I get the best interviews. It's so beautiful about you. I mean, you're, you're basically like a heart on legs and I totally get it that everyone just feels that way. Like you bring out the best, I mean, you bring out the best in me. Like I, you always got me laughing and feeling so safe. And I think that my goodness, especially when the world starts to open up for like, what you've always provided everyone is this real human connection and we've never been more starved for it. So it's like, it's one of your superpowers for sure, for sure. Thank you. Oh, I'll take all those compliments today. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so speaking of superpowers, let's talk about your brand new show, Spotlight. Tell everyone about Spotlight and what had you create this show? Oh, I am. Listen, you know, I am just so blessed. I'm so delighted that, you know, I've been able to create something out of, you know, obviously kind of a hard time for everyone. Pandemic, lockdowns, people are, you know, feeling a bit blue and, um, you know, myself included. And I, and I think sometimes doing something or creating something is a great way to help you heal, feel purposeful. We all have to have a sense of purpose. Um, I know, you know, it's a privilege to be able to create something and follow through in it and have a little bit of confidence in it. You know, we don't always have that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just, I again, my confidence came to the fact that I've been doing entertainment for so long that I thought, well, I can do this. I know I can do this. I just need to get the right platform. You know, I need to get the the right people behind me. We, we've got a great sponsor. You know, we, we pulled it all together. And it was hard work, but we go out every Friday. Uh, we're in season one of Spotlight and it goes out every Friday and it drops uh, across the DMG group, which is the Daily Mail group. And of course, my own platform. And uh, of course, with our sponsor, Glamdoll, and we have fashion in there with dresses.ie. We have uh, music. You know, we've been bringing loads of beautiful music. We have campaigns with YSL for Zoe Kravitz first look. I do a lot of movies, obviously. You know, we, mm-hmm. we have uh, interviews with Vince Vaughn in there. We have Bob Odenkirk. We have Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci on episode one. But most importantly, everybody needs to know who's also in episode one. It's so exciting when when I got the invitation from you to be in your show. I about lost it. It's what you know. You're so used to interviewing like celebrities and rock stars and movie stars. (laughs) Why did you, you know, and and you know, with a real heavy entertainment angle, why were you interested in having Gina DeV of Divine Living in Spotlight? Why would I not? (laughs) no 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 in all seriousness like obviously from a production point of view because I'm a series producer I'm the series producer and it's my concept and obviously working across the DMG group and and also because I have a profile I I really feel like entertainment is wonderful wonderful I love it you know movies fashion music all of the rest but that doesn't encompass lifestyle. And I think with what Spotlight does is not, it is an entertainment, but it's also a lifestyle show. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's going to be a growing beast. And we are, you know, incorporating lots of different 
ways to turn the spotlight on certain subject matters and who better to talk about lifestyle, wellness, empowerment, female strength, you know, all that will come with the divine living that you give people those tools to create the lives they want. I needed, I needed to have that in the show. I think we needed to have that lovely element of lifestyle be uh, incorporated into the whole platform and you were the perfect fit. So um, I, I, I feel it's a real privilege for me to have you on. And um, I really, really am looking forward to, of course, all that our viewers and our listeners and, and online uh, peeps will hear and learn from you because you know, you're an extremely successful woman, but you're also very humble. Uh, and I see the personal side of you as well in the sense mm -hmm. that, you know, you are also so warm and giving of yourself. And I, and I wanted that for my audience to see um, because it's great. You can get an interview with Brad Pitt. Brilliant. Fabulous. Mm -hmm. But to get the tools, the explanation around how we empower ourselves, how we we work and work harder and we can achieve our dreams or, as you said in, in episode one, dust off our dreams. Mm -hmm. You know, these to me are far more exciting than how Brad Pitt Well, is. I was so, so honored and delighted. And I just think it says so much about you and your depth and your substance that you are incorporating some of the real emotional pieces that people are going through as part of lifestyle, where it's not just a cooking segment or a fashion piece, um, which are delightful in every sense of the word. So most people don't include personal development uh, in lifestyle. So I was so honored to be a part of it. Everyone, you must check it out. Um, click on the link in the show notes. And you'll be able to see the first episode of Spotlight and make sure then that you watch it every Friday when it comes out. And we'll make sure that you have all the links there. So it's going to be really easy to watch and you can go watch it right now. Yeah. Oh, Lisa, 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 thank you so much for just sharing your light and your love and your humor and your stories and your tips about all that you have today. It's just always such a joy to be with you. I've learned so much for sure. I love this cloth thing. Like, like, don't be afraid of the human connection, you know, emotionally or physically when, when that comes time. Um, you have to, you have to, because again, you know, everybody's human and they like to be reassured and they like to, or else the other, the only final one I can tell you is get really pointy elbows and really <laughs> big hair and a really loud voice. That's the only other way you're going to get people's attention. I, I like the warmer version. I like the warmer <laughs> version myself. And to everyone, I just want you to really take to heart what Lisa says. You know, some, some of her brilliance comes across so naturally. Like she said, she studied, she researched, and she had fun. Like that's the thing I think so many women are missing and whatever their careers are, because we've gotten this notion that work needs to be hard or serious, but bring this element of human connection and fun into whatever you're doing today and into your career and go follow Lisa on Instagram. We'll have her uh, handle in the show notes as well. Definitely check out Spotlight. And Lisa, thank you so much for joining us here today at the Divine Living Podcast. I'm so pleased. Gina, thank you for being on my show. I'm so thrilled. Did you love the episode as much as I did? I hope so. I hope that you're feeling filled up and that all your dreams are possible and that you absolutely have what it takes to do this. And I am here for you. I'm here on your journey. 
And I just want to make sure that you are constantly supported with all things queen, high vibe, positivity, spiritual superpowers, and all the things. So if you have not already gotten in on the free companion course to my book, you know, my book is The Audacity to Be Queen, The Unapologetic Art of Dreaming Big and Manifesting Your Most Fabulous Life. You can get my book. I'll leave the link in the show notes. But I also have a free companion course. Uh, whether or not you have the get the book, this course is meant to just support you with really taking a look at who you are and how you can get to where you want to go. So you can check it out at divineliving.com forward slash audacity, divineliving.com forward slash audacity. That link will be in the show notes as well. Like I said, it's completely free. There's videos, there's workbooks, there's a Facebook group. So get in on this good free content, share the link with your friends and enjoy.